We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Field of 68 Media Network presents Red is the New Orange, a Syracuse basketball podcast. Vince intercepts a pass, breakaway for the freshman guard, he flies and slams! Aerial assault from Judah Vince. Looking to go back door to Bell, they get it to a mere corner three, knocks it down! Chris Bell, the sharpshooter. Bringing you everything you need to know out of the 315. Up top, Williams searches ahead, up with the right hand and in. A pretty up and under move from Benny Williams to beat his man. Over to Taylor. He skips into the lane, puts up a floater, and drops in. Let's get it started with your host, Ian Unsworth and Johnny Gadamowitz. College hoop season in full swing. Welcome back to Red is the New Orange, a Syracuse basketball podcast as part of the Field of 68 podcast network. Johnny Gadamowitz, Ian Unsworth with you as always. Today, we are joined by our first ever guest here on the pod. Oh, wow. It is WAER's Joe Puccio. Joe, what's going on? Thanks so much for joining us today. <laughs> well, I, I failed to realize that I was the first guest, so now I'm just absolutely ecstatic to be here. First guest, we're excited to have you as we preview what's coming up this week between the Orange and the Raiders. And as always, you can check us out wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you give us a follow over on Twitter at F68 underscore Qs. But not just us. Go give every podcast a look out on the Field of 68 Podcast Network. They've got you covered with all sorts of schools all across the country. Daily content going up on their main YouTube channel as well. So be sure to give them a like, give them a subscribe, or whatever you want to do. Guys, as far as Syracuse is concerned, it was a little bit of a, of a busy weekend on the Hill, not, not just hoops-wise, but you zoom out, you look at the broader picture of SU Athletics, you had the football team down in Yankee Stadium, which, Joe, I know you for WAR were on the call yesterday at Yankee Stadium, must have been a, uh, a pretty surreal experience to say the least. Oh, it was amazing. The, the hospitality at Yankee Stadium was elite, and for people who know me, I am a huge Yankee fan, so... The ability to call a game at Yankee Stadium is great, and to be in the press box with all the amenities—it was—it was a world-class operation, and I was—I was so happy to be there. But then, from a football perspective, it was a great game to watch. No one expected Syracuse to run this like wing T nineteen twenty style offense, and it worked. And I don't know what Syracuse is going to do next Saturday against Georgia Tech, but. I think for a lot of fans that have started to tune football out and focus on basketball, it sort of brought those, yeah, and sort of me too. Um, It's brought those fans back to football for these last two weeks. 
Well, hey, Tommy think- DeVito threw a couple of touchdowns this past <laughs> weekend. So maybe if you're a Syracuse football diehard, you can at least lean on that uh, combined with that pit win, of course. Okay, one one football question for both of you guys. We'll make it quick because we don't need to talk football any more than we no. have to. Does Syracuse make a bowl, first of all, and does Dino keep his job? Joe. No and yes. Okay, That's Joe. Answer. I'm gonna say I'm saying I I I don't want to be contrarian here, but no and yes. I think that like they're just not a good enough team, but I think if Syracuse can keep this offense going, rank Dino keeps his job. Uh, there's I think there's too many excuses that Dino can throw out there to not fire him. The injury card gets played every year, but they're not going to let him go. They've got to spend money and they're they're trying to do the NIL thing now, which is good. They've got it together in for multiple sports, not just football. Uh, more basketball than football, honestly, mm-hmm. but also they're they're trying to build that Lally complex, right? That's at yeah. least four or five million you're throwing into that. And I mean, look at what Jimbo Fisher's getting to go away. Oh, mm-hmm. like it's disgusting how much money people get paid to not coach. But I don't think Dino's buyout is anywhere close to seventy six million. <laughs> but either way, I don't think Wild Hack wants to pay it. I also don't think Syracuse makes a bowl. I mean, Georgia Tech's been riding like an Aladdin magic carpet all year. Uh, the, the way they beat Miami with like 13 seconds. That was, uh, crazy. That yeah, was and, one of the crazier finishes of uh, <laughs> not just college football, a football game I've ever seen. Yeah, that was rather disgusting. And they hung around with Clemson this way. I think Clemson pulled away at the end, but still. I mean, the ACC football-wise is yeah. just such a mess right now. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, I, I, I honestly would not be surprised if it was to wait either. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Enough football. That is most definitely enough football. Enough football. Enough football. But the reason yes. that we bring Joe on the podcast here today is because uh, he will be doing the play-by-play for Colgate coming up this week on WAER. You can tune in 88.3 FM if you're in the central New York area. If you're not, Yo, what time? What time's the tip on Tuesday? Oh, boy, great question. Uh, I, just, I just got back from New York. I got to get into basketball mode. Let's see, 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So we'll have... McClurg remodeling countdown to tip off at 630. Not electrified by the Jeep brand, but no, it's Northern Spanish. That's right. Starts Anyways, Joe, let's get into some Colgate stuff here because this is a Raiders team 
um, that if you've kind of been paying attention to the college basketball landscape for the past couple of years, you know it can be dangerous coming off consecutive appearances in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Orange fans know that a bit all too well. Colgate came into the Dome not just last year, the year before that, took down SU by a barrage of three-pointers on both occasions, something they had never done prior to when they did it for the first time two years ago. You flip the page, though, here to 2023-2024, little bit of a different Colgate team. They lose Tucker Richardson who was sort of their bona fide guy from a year ago in terms of, hey, go get me a bucket. Um, And and the philosophy may be not really the same in that they don't have as many guys tiered towards that run and gun, get out and push it in the open break type team. Their biggest returners are their big men in, in Keegan Records, Jeff Woodward. And that's something that I'm really going to be keying in on. Um, And I'm sure you guys would agree in that, Syracuse hasn't really had to play a team, I think, uh, with with this much size, and not just with the size, but with this much talent from the bigs. Uh, So I'm very curious to see what's it going to look like for Naheem McLeod. What is the minutes distribution going to look like for Syracuse for big men named not Naheem McLeod and how it all sort of factors into trying to slow down the records and, and Woodward show, so to speak. That's one thing that I, I really like from the Syracuse team this year is Naheem McLeod's presence. And the biggest question mark to me for Syracuse is how long can you have him out there on the floor? And we've seen some guards dish their their guys off to Naheem in the paint, and McLeod's won those battles pretty much every single time. But the seven foot four guy can't stay out there for 40 minutes. And and you're right, Johnny. Their their big men are coming back, which I think helps Colgate in this game because You've got guys that have had experience playing in the dome and not just playing, but winning and scoring triple digits in the dome. The The big question for Colgate purposes is who is going to shoot? This team shot just over 30% in a two point win against Brown from downtown. How is that going to translate to playing Syracuse who can switch its defenses at any turn, go from man to zone and back to man and has a pretty tight backcourt with these guards that are flying into the passing lane. So I think Colgate's guards have been waiting for this game. Colgate has only played one game this year. They've had a lot of time to scheme against SU. Talk about Richardson as their go-to guy, Johnny. He had a really high assist rate, and he drew a lot of attention. Also shot 43% from three last year. Also was Patriot League Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. So at 6'5", he did everything. And he's someone that Matt Langle didn't really have to coach. Just let him go. You knew Richardson would be solid, just like the year before. You knew Nellie Cummings was always going to go out there and get you 15, 16 a night. He would attack the rack, set up the shooters. You don't have that consistent presence. This year, outside of the big men and the guards, Joe, that you highlighted, it's supposed to be Braden Smith. Standout freshman year, a year yeah, ago. played really well last year. Looked good in the dome. He had a team leading seventeen, but was one of five for th- from three. But I don't think Colgate's going to shoot twenty percent every game. I think this was just one off, first game jitter type things. What Colgate does so well against man teams, not necessarily the two three zone where you just have to move the ball, ping pong it around, and then exploit an open area. 
Colgate's really good in off-ball ball screens for shooters. Records and Woodward aren't just active with passing. They're active in moving around and setting screens for other guys. And like we've talked about, Johnny, Syracuse struggles in both on-ball and off-ball screening action. So that's something I'm really watching defensively. And we shouldn't sell them short either. I mean, after all, this is a Colgate squad that is still picked to finish atop the Patriot League this year. Matt Langle clearly has a good thing going. And you mentioned even Richardson, Ian, and, and him leaving as far as being the conference player of the year, defensive player of the year, just looking at some of these preseason polls and prognostications. Keegan Records also picked to be the preseason player of the year and defensive player of the year. So perhaps you know, filling that gap a little bit. I think something that that sort of bears mentioning too is that despite losing some pieces, this team really does have a pretty strong foundation and veteran core. Um, Ryan Moffitt, another guy who I don't believe we've brought up yet that has been there for a numbers of, number of years now and yeah, kind of fits into what guy. they are trying to build. Right. So for me, I, I'm curious to see how much that factors in. Right. The fact that we, you know, we were having that dome conversation earlier about, look, this is a group that has been there and done that. Right. They know what it takes. They went to the NCAA tournament a year ago, something that, oh, yeah, by the way, Syracuse did not do. So even though on paper you look at it and you think, okay, maybe Syracuse, you know, check some more boxes. They're coming out of the ACC going up against a Patriot League opponent. Joe, this this very much could and, and maybe in all likelihood will be a be a pretty tightly contested basketball game. It's a tone setter for Syracuse. SU has to pack their bags and go to Hawaii after this. And then you have to pack your bags again and go to South Dakota to take on Oregon. And then you go to DC to play Georgetown. I get it, it's Georgetown, but it's, it's Georgetown game. It's Georgetown big. lost the Holy Cross on exactly. Saturday. Just right. putting so, it out there. So not a great team, but you got to get juiced up for that Georgetown game. You know the alums are going to bring it. So this is not a when you think of your typical non-conference games for a, a program like Syracuse this is not Siena this is this is not an in-state foe that you can beat you haven't beat them the last two years I think if Syracuse comes out plays a different style of basketball and dominates Colgate a lot of fans are going to start opening their eyes and saying okay maybe Autry's got something different that we haven't seen these last two years because when you see Colgate game three, of the schedule, you got to iron out those kinks in the first two games. And I'll be honest, I didn't expect Syracuse to allow 70 points to these two teams. I think the offense looks great. And I know you guys have talked about it at nauseum here in these podcasts. So won't go too deep into it, but the defense needs to step up. You, you can't, you can't allow 70 points to these two teams. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how Syracuse changes things for this Colgate game. And, you'll really see how different or not different this SU team is based on this Colgate game. Joe, you said different style of basketball. What do you mean? What it, What is different? What is changing in your eyes? It's fast paced. The start to these games are what I remember Syracuse basketball being in the Big East style of basketball in the late 2010s when you're having five-star recruits. You don't have those five-star recruits, but you have athletes. You have guys that can move up and down the floor. And defensively, it's incredibly different. You know, Syracuse is bringing out the zone a few times, but I am seeing some active hands from the backcourt, which in the last five years, I've really only seen from Judah in his freshman year. Joe Girard was not this active. Buddy Beheim wasn't active at the top of the zone. Judah Mintz is active in both of these. And so, so is J.J. Starling. 
uh, even though JJ's had, you know, his opening night wasn't really what we expected. JJ Starling had some great defensive moments in those first couple games. So, and I think you also add in with the fact that you have a seven foot four center, um, (laughs) tallest guy in Syracuse history, where you can feed your defenders down low. And he can also go down the other end of the floor and pick up some missed threes and put them back up for twos. So it's a different style of basketball. And I think how Syracuse can exploit Colgate is what we talked about with these big men, right? These big men have been here before. How do you bring them something new to the table? And how do you stabilize those, those guards that may not have a lot of experience against SU and keep them from beating you? You drive. Johnny, you agree? I think yeah. Judah and JJ have yeah. to go right at the guards once you get past Braden Smith, once you get past Nicholas, Louis Jacques, or whoever else is out there on you. You go to the cup and you go right at Keegan Records, get him out of the game as soon as possible. And get these guys into foul trouble. Absolutely. I I think that's very well said, Ian. And I think, you know, another thing that kind of flies under the radar is, you know, you you alluded to it a couple of moments ago, Joe, but you look at this schedule and, and, and really not a whole lot of sure thing wins over the course of the next couple of weeks. You know, I think people sometimes underestimate the importance of these early season wins. Um, and, and there's a reason for that, right? Identity changes. You might be a different team come February than you were in November. And in all likelihood, if you're a good team, you probably should be a little different in February than you are in November when it comes to growing and evolving and adapting in order to win games. But at the end of the day, a Colgate squad preseason Patriot league favorite coming off back-to-back NCAA tournaments. I I think a win here would do more for Syracuse. Again, we're very far away from resume conversations, but would do a lot more (laughs) than I think a lot of orange fans think uh, at at the surface level. But you, you said that, you know, we're not close to resume conversations. This is a resume game. Like you have to bring it here because if Syracuse loses this game and you go 500 in the ACC, People will go back and say, well, you lost to Colgate earlier in the season. It doesn't matter if it's game one or if it's game 14. You have to bring it for the Colgate game because the last two years, a team in central New York has gone to the Dome and shot the lights out of the place. As, as someone who is a central New Yorker, lifelong Syracuse fan, it can't happen. You're Syracuse. You can't let someone come into, as Dino Baber says, your house and beat you. So... Yes, we're not. We're, it's not even December yet, but you you have to bring it in the early season because Adrian Autry's group has this schedule. It's not it's not Adrian's schedule, but it's the schedule that was built for this season. One other thing about Colgate that we should note: depth up front is good. Depth in the backcourt questionable. Mm-hmm. Behind Smith and Louis Jacques. Not many ball handlers. You've got Kyle Carlesimo, transfer from Eastern Illinois. He played about 14 minutes last year. PJ Carlesimo's kid, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Um, but after that, you got five freshmen and one other little used sophomore named Brady Cummins. So you get Smith out of the game. I hope they don't press. We saw them try to do some dummy press against Canisius, and it looked awful. But ball pressure, you heat it up. Judah, Kyle Cuff, who's been awesome defensively, got to give him his flowers too. Heat the ball up. Make these guys make quick decisions. Don't let them stand out there all day and run actions below. Heat up the ball handler and force them to get it out of Braden Smith's hands. Cause a little chaos. By the way, Johnny, we should throw this out there. The analytics sites say that Syracuse is favored to win by five 
And if you want to get in on the action, you can do it with our friends at BetMGM. Here's Rob with more. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Continuing along our discussion on some SU men's hoops as we get you set for the Orange and the Colgate Raiders coming up midweek. As always, Johnny and Ian with you. We're joined now by Joe Puccio. He'll be on the call this weekend coming up for WAER up in Syracuse. But guys, some news trickling down, not just from a basketball here in 2023-2024 standpoint, but as far as down the road, Red Autry continues to have his fingerprints out on the recruiting landscape as the Orange pick up a couple of recruits here that signed their national intent letters to come play to, towards Syracuse next year. And Ian, they're two pretty high-profile guys at that. Well, you got Donnie Freeman, who consensus-wise is a top 30 prospect, four-star recruit. And you've also got Elijah Moore, who through all the, the smoke and mirrors, all the NIL talk is still a top 100 player in the country, also a four-star recruit. And both of these guys bring different dynamics to the table than what Syracuse has on this year's team. That's what excites me the most. Let's start with Moore because he's probably the name you've heard more no pun intended, <laughs> and also the name that's been through a lot more, I want to say ups and downs, you could call it that, and really it's not even his fault. It's all about the Adam Weitzman saga where 
million dollar NIL deals are thrown around last season. I mean, this was just another, you know, another roller coaster ride of the Bayheim, you know, finals final ride into the sunset, if you want to call it that. Weitzman is sitting courtside with Jalen Hurts and whatever other celebrities you can think of. He's bringing high school guys to meet a boogie and he's offering up million dollar deals. Elijah Moore was the dude that said, yeah, I'm coming to Syracuse was promised an NIL deal after his commitment. I think we should make that pretty clear. There were rumblings that it was on the table, but there was no deal until Moore committed. And after Weitzman got out of the NIL game, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of speculation on why that happened. But after Weitzman got out of the NIL game, Moore and his dad reaffirmed the Syracuse commitment. Not only a guy that can really handle the ball, but also has range out to 28 feet. So if Judah goes, JJ stays, you've got a really aggressive driver, and you've got a lights-out shooter. That's a great combo. Yeah, and, and that's a good point because the the one thing from Jade from Judah's game that we're hoping to see this year is an improved three point ball. Because JJ can't do it either, and he doesn't no. look to do it. No, so the fact that Elijah Moore brings that to the table is is uplifting for SU fans. I think the other aspect of it is that Syracuse is starting to bring in some top tier talent here. Like this is something that Syracuse fans have been waiting for since the program moved to the ACC. They've been out recruited by Duke and North Carolina, and now, and, and probably ever since the late 2010s, out recruited by some schools that you shouldn't be out recruited by. So Syracuse is just making its way up to the top. Donnie Freeman's a huge signing. Uh, same thing with Elijah Moore. Syracuse is starting to become what Syracuse basketball was built on. It's bringing in high talented recruits, building the teams around the players. And now that you don't really have a, you know, a system that's been there for a while, you don't have a two, three zone, a specific offense you run, things are changing. Things are kind of coming out of that Bayheim mold. So I'm interested to see how they use these two guys. Yes. Yeah, exciting that they have these, these, these guys sign their national letters of intent, but how will Syracuse use these two guys moving forward? It's two top 60 guys, pretty much consensus four stars amongst all the sites out there. What strikes me the most about Moore I mentioned earlier, Red Autry's fingerprint as far as the recruiting landscape is concerned. Moore's a New York City guy. Um, and, you know, most often the area that Adrian Autry has been linked to over the course of his tenure with the Cuse has been the DMV area, right? You can rattle off the names that come to mind. That That's where Donnie Freeman is from. But I think if he can continue to sort of expand that bubble, right, and go get those local kids that you were losing out on, that you weren't getting right under your nose from New York, New Jersey, what have you, that is going to really just pay dividends for this program moving forward. Um, we'll, sh we'll shift gears to Freeman here a little bit. Power forward, um, another highly touted guy, as you mentioned, Ian, probably not a name that Orange fans are as familiar with just because those conversations have been developing a bit rather recently. Uh, but but an IMG guy, IMG Academy down in Florida, one of the more you know highly touted uh, programs that are out there as far as the high school level. And just another guy who, again, only member number two of the 2024 class. So you look at those you know composite rankings in Syracuse, not necessarily going to be the highest up there. That's just more you know due to the fact that there are only two guys in that class right now. So don't let that be any real reason for concern. Um, but but yet another really extremely promising prospect. Yeah, unless the portal kicks, who's leaving? Doesn't right. matter if you've got two guys. And also, 
Red's probably going out portal hunting himself this offseason, if we're being completely honest. There are a couple guys that should come in to fit his scheme even more. As Freeman's concerned, this dude has tools, whether it's the hands, whether it's the length, he can move. He's You said power forward, Johnny, but he's not Zach Randolph. He's not a thumper. Like he, he is, he's fluid for someone his size. I think this year at IMG, something he'll really look to do is improve his body. Think about how Justin Kaler came into Syracuse. He looked cut. He was already a solid 205 pounds. You could tell his shoulders were bulked out, right? A lot of muscle definition. I think that's what Freeman is looking for this year too, right? Moves down to Florida, you know, leave the parents, leave the hometown, but you're in basketball heaven, 24-7, 365, besides whatever online classes he's taken. He's, he's thinking basketball, he's thinking diet, nutrition, and he's thinking getting in the weight room. So when he does that and maybe develops a bit more of a three-point shot, he's going to be a really versatile player. Yeah, the improved three-point shot was what I was going to get to. That's what he's working on at IMG Academy. And it's if you've already got you know the skills down low to play well, go outside. Be a full floor guy. He's exciting. He, he is, for everything that you mentioned, Ian, and I think you bring up the transfer portal conversation too, and you start thinking in your mind, okay, who can you bring in to pair alongside Donnie Freeman, right? This isn't, he's not like a Jesse Edwards style player. This is a, this is a different, a different center. And I don't even think you can compare him to Naheem McLeod because he's smaller, you know? So there's so many question marks that you're thinking of and, and who can come in and be, that good complimentary piece to him. Where does Donnie fit on defense? You know, how do you, how do you get him into the pick and roll game? Cause it seems like red is using utilizing the pick and roll a lot as well. So it, it puts a smile on your face. It makes me excited for what possibilities Syracuse can bring to the table. Well, a couple of orange players for down the line. will of course continue to keep you in the loop and have all sorts of discussions as far as those recruits are concerned, but For the immediate future, for the time being, it is Syracuse and Colgate. It's coming up this Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Listen to Joe. You can tune in, (laughs) WAER, 7 o'clock tip on Tuesday night. And we're looking forward to what should be a pretty fun contest. ACC squads have faltered a little bit here early. Saw Louisville lost again. Notre Dame downed over the weekend. Syracuse trying to keep their name out. Uh, Louisville lost again. <laughs> David ends and Y for what the Cardinals. <laughs> With Ian and Joe, I'm Johnny saying so long. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at F68 underscore Cuse. And be sure to give the Field of 68 a follow as well and check out all their great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the game this weekend. Go Cuse.